As always, a big welcome to this special episode of Need to Know Nutrition. It is my absolute pleasure to bring you this interview today. I learned so much during my time with this incredibly knowledgeable, earth-loving, health-hacking, ocean-obsessed yogi and holistic nutritionist. Jenna Lee McKinnis specializes in gut health, hormones, fertility, immunity, mental health, sleep, skin, and so much more. Or as she likes to put it, my specialty is periods and poo. Today, we discuss all of the juicy details when it comes to yoni health. And if you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, what is yoni health? Yoni, I learnt, is a Sanskrit word that has been interpreted to mean the womb and the female organs of generation. We talk nutrition and lifestyle when it comes to keeping it healthy down there. We also discuss libido and the things you could be doing without even knowing that decrease your sex drive. But don't worry, Jenna Lee also gives her top three tips to boost your libido too. I loved my time with Jenna Lee. Her honesty, understanding and relaxed demeanor is contagious. I have no doubt that you'll enjoy and learn so much in this episode of Need to Know Nutrition. Jenna Lee, it's so lovely to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Now, before we get right into this interview, I wanted to pass on a huge congratulations because you are currently 23 weeks pregnant with your first bub. How has the past 23 weeks been for you in a nutshell? Well, thank you. Um, I would say in a nutshell, hard. (laughs) I've definitely experienced every symptom under the sun. Thankfully, not gestational diabetes. I got the results today that I'm in the clear, but yay. By day, pubic symphysis, um, stretching pain of the ligaments, G in my first trimester, um, which is severe morning sickness where it lasts all day and you get severely dehydrated, all the fun things. Um, But now at 23 weeks, I can say finally I'm beginning to feel like myself. (laughs) It's very exciting. That's really great. Well, they, they definitely make you work for it, don't they? Oh, yes. It's amazing that people say your pregnancy and your birth really resemble their personalities as well. So, <laughs> Well, we wish you all the best and can't wait to hear when your little bub makes his or her way earthside. <laughs> so today we're in for an absolute treat, but firstly, I really want our listeners to get to know you by firing what I like to call a hot five at you. And for those who don't know, it's basically five questions that'll give you an insight into what is arguably the most important things about Jenna Lee. So without further delay, here we go. You have to wear a t-shirt with one word on it for a year. What word would you choose and why? I would choose the word breathe. Um, I would say it's one of my favourite things to remind people to do. I've even got it tattooed on my neck, which is pretty gnarly. <laughs> when I say neck, it's like collarbone. <laughs> but um, to me, like, that's what my practice is all about, you know, yoga, life, trying to get people to breathe just off the yoga mat as well as during the yoga. That's great. Look at you pouring out advice already. Now, what song best describes your life? This one was a hard one. I was like saying that and my partner's like, WAP. I'm like, what? why WAP? He's like, because you can't stop singing it. You always got it in the car and you're dancing. And he's just, it's like now a silly inside joke, but no, not WAP. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, I was driving along the other day and um, that song came on my shuffle, uh, sitting on the duck of the bay. Yes, Otis so Redding. Like, yeah, I was like, well, that's pretty much all we're doing right now is watching the world and watching time roll away. And as depressing as that is, I'm like, wow, this song just feels like my life right now. Yes, 
I love it. The perfect description. And for those who don't know, Jenna Lee is currently in Melbourne and under very uh, tight restrictions. So I get it. I think sitting on the dock of the bay would be a lovely place to be right now. And we have a porch and that's where we sit on a warm day. But, you know, same, same. Gorgeous. (laughs) Now, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? This one was difficult because when you're in your first trimester, you pretty much are eating the same thing every day and you get really bored with it. (laughs) But I would say I've always been a massive, massive smoothie girl. And I've, I think I've had a smoothie every day for the last at least seven years, except for first trimester. So I think I'm already doing it. (laughs) Wow. I love it. And the warm weather's coming back too. So I feel like it's smoothie weather. Yeah, big smoothie bowls and fresh fruit and lots of avocado. Mm. How many days do you wear the same track pants in a row before it becomes a problem? Should I I be really honest? (laughs) Definitely. We want to hear this. We want to hear this. I mean, I think if I wasn't pregnant, I would go at least five five wears. But because to me it's really important not to wear underwear when I'm at home and being pregnant and wearing the same tracksuit pants, let me just tell you, they get a wash every time you wear them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what is the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Um, I think as a child, I would have probably eaten sand and dirt and bugs and all the things. But as an adult, I think the most unusual thing I would have eaten would be cordyceps. And I think for a lot of people, that sounds quite normal once they get into the mushrooms and everything. But it's actually where they come from is quite alien. You know, you can watch a David Attenborough on YouTube about cordyceps, that it's actually this fungus that grows out of an insect and then <laughs> made into a supplement later on. And it's just all these, it's like a parasite almost. It just takes over their body and paralyzes them, you know, and they die from having this oh, more of a spore rather than a fungus. And that, um, that cordyceps is actually really beneficial for our health as humans. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Like I said, we're already learning things straight away. You just know this episode's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I think, um, I think everyone should watch that YouTube on cordyceps. It's actually really interesting. Duly noted. Thank you for such a wonderful insight into the fabulous Jenna Lee McInnes. Now, down to the serious stuff. Can you tell us your journey to becoming a yoga teacher and a clinical nutritionist? Ooh, it's been a very long journey. I, um, I, I started yoga when I was 16, so I was really lucky to be exposed in high school. And having anxiety as a teenager and even in my early 20s, I really acknowledged that it was the breath and it was the yoga nidra, the shavasana, more than the physical, the asana that I was more attracted to. To begin, I actually started some Bikram yoga as well. And I was like, hang on, why am I here? I hate this. I actually hate this. It was so painful. You know, that 40 degree room or whatever it was. Yes. So I sort of put it aside for a moment and I started really looking after my health because I had leaky gut, um, which is the permeability of the of the gut. And you're so inflamed, you're moody, you're tired, you've got a lot of brain fog and thinking why why do I feel so shit all the time and um I went and saw a nutritionist myself in my early 20s and I just changed so dramatically what I was eating learned about health through her and I thought I knew what healthy was until I started actually you know implementing these practices and it really encouraged me to feel better in yoga I found a different yoga practice and I was like you know I think I'm gonna go back and study the science of food and yeah it was just quite successful that I really enjoyed doing that and I finally had found my calling, I guess, at that point. And I've always, always been really interested and really interested in women's health. 
Yeah, that's great. So it's this lovely organic process. And it was almost like directing you down the path. Well, yeah, I think I got really lucky too, because when I started at uni, the opportunity came to do a yoga training and I thought, oh, what do I do? Do I do one or the other? And I think even you, even one of the people were like, just take a semester off. Like, just why not? I mean, we were in our early 20s and at the time we probably felt like we were 30. Yeah. Back at uni. <laughs> but, yeah, and I think everything kind of just started coming together really well and sometimes it is a challenge to have two major passions and then I turn and think, no, no, no these, these go really well together and so always curating things that the two are complementing each other. Oh, that's great. Now, I understand that you specialise in yoni health. Am I saying that right? Yoni, yoni, yeah. Can you tell us firstly what is yoni or yoni health? So pretty much if we if we throw that word around or if we're using it to, I guess, market or educate someone, it would just mean that we're talking about the vagina, the vulva or the womb, the uterus. So womb and uterus meaning the same thing. Um, but it's a Sanskrit word. So Sanskrit being, you know, a really ancient text that a lot of the yoga stems from as well. So it's more of a, I guess, a holistic take on when we speak of the vagina to, to illustrate it with Yoni rather than to say, okay, look after vagina health. Or, because people yeah. do get confused when it even comes to a vagina, you know, the vagina being the internal, the vulva being the external. So to just cover it all off in Yoni, they know that if they're, wanting to talk about the uterus as well that it covers that too so great now how important is nutrition and diet when it comes to yoni health (laughs) very (laughs) um (laughs) it's really funny i had a wonderful client at the beginning of the year and she was having some candida issues and they were really chronic because they just kept coming back and back and back and that's what causes thrush and she went to her doctor to mention it and her doctor said oh don't be silly there's no link between your gut health and your fanny <laughs> and um, I was like wow your doctor couldn't even say vagina <laughs> wow fanny. But, um, hmm. there, there, yeah but there is there really is and you know we think about what we're eating and I think people often say you are what you eat and to an extent sometimes it's your bacteria asking you what what to eat as well if they've got those high sugar cravings maybe there is a overgrowth of candida and candida existing not only in the gut, but in the vagina and in the mouth. So it's affecting our bacteria, our microbiome, our energy, health overall. It's, it's holistic. You know, you can't treat one system of the body without, you know, going for the other. You can't have a really bad liver with a really healthy gut. You know, you've got to work the two together. So what are the three things that people do and perhaps without realizing that can affect mm-hmm. yoni health? One of the biggest things is women douche. So they, they try to clean the internal. So that is the vagina and the vagina itself is actually self-cleaning. The external, the vulva is not. So the worst thing you can do really is to put perfumes or fragrances or soaps internally um, that will really interfere with the microbiome. And that's when we start to see pictures of BV and thrush and maybe even a UTI and discomfort, redness, itchiness, all the things that women actually want to avoid that cleaning inside will actually exacerbate. Um, they smoke cigarettes. <laughs> so I remember once my um, gyno said to me when I was really young, she just, I, I was, was not very healthy at this stage. She just said to me, every time that you smoke a cigarette, your vagina smokes 40. Like that's how intense the toxins of that cigarette are for your insides. And the moment she said that, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm definitely quitting. 
And it's interesting because the healthier and healthier I got, the better and better my pap smears got as well. They were always abnormal. And then, you know, looking after diet, lifestyle, I haven't had a bad or abnormal pap smear for years now. So going back to that question before, everything is is related. I'd say another thing would be um, people eat too much sugar and there's that, that the body asking for sugar again, right? Like, is it a is it an intuitive craving or is it bacteria saying, feed me, feed me? So <laughs> eating too much sugar is only going to continue that path of thrush. And some women, unfortunately, just have recurring thrush over the years because they aren't willing to cut out wine or sugar. Sometimes it's about even cutting out fruit for a long time just to get everything cleared. So what are your top three nutrition tips to improve Yoni health? And in case you haven't realized, I've, I'm quite enjoying saying Yoni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, all Sanskrit words are fun to say. I think all my students always say, like, oh, I learned a Sanskrit word. <laughs> um, definitely hydrate. I mean, isn't that's that's the number one rule for all health, overall health. And unfortunately, if we're not going to stay hydrated, what's happening to the parts of our body that need to stay, I'll say the word, moist. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, eyes, mouth, vagina. Um, so hydrate, we're definitely one of them. You know, drinking around 2.5, if not 3 liters of water a day if that person's exercising. Eat lots of zinc-rich foods. So our juices <laughs> are produced with, with zinc, you know, men and women. And again, the lacrimations of our eyes, we, we need zinc in so many, so many roles of our body and zinc really affects our sex drive. So it's effect, it is affecting our reproductive organs hugely. Um, eat iron rich foods and foods that contain protein. So not only is that going to be really good for, you know, the way our tissues rebuild and repair, but it's also really important for a healthy period that that woman keeps her iron up and her protein in every meal. And I'll just say one more, and that would be stay away from sugar and too much alcohol. But I think that's quite quite um, obvious. So, Good one. And I'm sure all of the listeners will be taking those on board. <laughs> now, how important is the underwear that we wear or don't wear and hygiene when it comes to Yoni health? I'm really glad you asked this question because even now I'll see a client who is well into her 30s or maybe a bit older and no one ever told her don't wear underwear to bed and I remember as a child my auntie would say you gotta let your body breathe and I was like okay yeah maybe you're into something but I listened to her thankfully and at nighttime we do want to let our body breathe but if we're also home during the day there's no point of wearing underwear if we're just especially in COVID times <laughs> and making more washing for yourself really in some ways depending on what you're wearing and depending if you're pregnant <laughs> but you need to let your body breathe, you know, and that is very crucial for the Yoni because an anaerobic environment, so free, um, free from oxygen, would just mean that bacteria and yeast have an opportunity to thrive. And that's when we're looking for really suffocating. And, you know, you feel when you're suffocating yourself down there, like this either the wrong underwear, it's too tight, or you're wearing too many layers, it's too hot, I've gone out dancing or to a sweaty yoga class and you're like, oh, got to get this off, I need to breathe. Like you can start to really tune into that. And if you, if you don't let Yoni breathe, yeah, that's when we do see thrush. Especially I know a lot of people who wear yoga leggings a lot will complain of recurring thrush. Yeah, just saying like I said before that the vagina is self-cleaning, vulva is not. So in terms of hygiene for the external, you want to use a soap-free wash, something really gentle, never scrubbing harshly. It's always a gentle wash. Um, it's really interesting. I had a client 
contacted me recently that she was having a lot of baths in COVID. She's like, but I think I keep getting thrush from my bath. Do you think there's a correlation? I'm like, well, you just have to consider a few things that sometimes when we hop in the bath, maybe you're not fully clean, whether that is your behind, your feet, whatever. And then that bacteria sits in the tub with you. So your vagina is so sensitive to different bacteria, you know, and whilst it can self-clean, it might be that they still get thrush or BV just to try and purge it out. One more thing on that underwear. Oh, sorry. No, quickly in baths, too hot, too soapy or bath bombs. Don't go there. (laughs) But I mean, bath bombs, they're sometimes full of so much crap, you know, and that's your body's going to absorb that just like your skin will absorb that. And then your liver has a job to do and you just want to keep it really natural and really, really, really gentle for the skin and the yoni (laughs) does not like fragrances at all. And underwear, probably probably leaning more towards a natural cotton or a bamboo blend tends to be the best. Cannot believe how much I'm even learning sitting here listening to this. This is so amazing, Jenilee. Thank you. Now, I really want to talk about low libido. Now, what exactly is low libido and what sort of things can affect our sex drive? So low libido is where there's just no gas in the tank, like, People like, oh, cool, I, I love you or I'm attracted to you, but nothing downstairs is telling a story right now, you know. It's that feeling of not being stimulated, I guess, um, sexually, you know, sex drive, you no know, urge, um, no impulses. So it's funny because we think of food and we think of junk food, but really there's food and there's junk, you know, and if we are going to tend to eat more towards junk food, we're going to feel junk. I'm going to feel like crap and our energy just dives. It, if we eat really, really balanced diet of whole grains, good oils, good fats, good protein, and keep an iron-rich diet, then we're going to have more energy. And when you feel better inside, you feel sexier pretty much, you know. The healthier you feel, and it's quite amazing. My younger sister's only 20, but she just started on a health journey herself. And even after a month, she, she can see, like, there is this direct link between your mental and your gut health like the healthier you become your mentality i feel happier and if she can take that away in a month at that age like that's that's amazing so you think about eating real quality diet for about a month you probably would want to jump someone's bones (laughs) (laughs) um there are there are so many nutrients that play their certain role you know to um get the blood flowing to help a male even with his erection definitely um, so obviously things like cigarette smoking, uh, marijuana, if someone is drinking a lot of alcohol, this can cause a lot of impotence, but not just in a male, but in a female too, that marijuana kills a sex drive. Um, cigarette smoking, it's because it's, it affects all our vascular system, you know. So we want blood to go to certain areas, you know, the clitoris, the penis, all those things as well. So actually our lifestyle can impact um, how, how our body responds you know, maybe and maybe the, the sex drive is there, but the person is smoking too much weed and they can't keep it up. And even for a woman, you know, so sensitive in the clitoris. So we we want that area to swell as well. Not only does a male get an erection, so does a female. So <laughs> sugar is probably another thing I would say you want to eat much less of because it's pro-inflammatory. And we really want to be thriving in that anti-inflammatory environment with our diet. So we do have the right amount of stamina, energy, and yeah, we just feel really good. Can you give us your top three tips on increasing libido? 
exercise. <laughs> exercise has to be, it just has to be up there. You know, we think about exercise sometimes as such an ugly word, but think of it more as movement, moving the body, getting the blood flowing around, getting endorphins firing. When you're exercising, just like the healthy diet, you feel better about yourself, you know, because you're really looking after yourself. And that's when you have more of a sex drive, when you you are self-caring. Um, eating foods that promote nitric oxide, oxide excuse me production so that's the sort of foods that um get the blood rushing for erection both any sex watermelons beets dark chocolate pumpkin seeds um so you can make you can make like a really yummy salad in that have one glass of red wine <laughs> dark chocolate you know sit on the couch and like oh yeah that's good you know they also say um that we have more nitric oxide production when we're watching something really funny or we've been exposed to something humorous. But if we've seen, we've seen something that scares us or, you know, like you say, we're watching a movie and it was quite dramatic, it it actually lowers our nitric oxide production. And so they say if you really want to get in the mood, put on something funny with your partner or go to a you know, comedy show or make each other laugh because that's actually going to improve your sex drive much more. <laughs> I think communication is really important too for our for our libido. I think that's something we sometimes forget about that if we actually had the ability to speak to the person that we're having a sexual relationship with about what we want, what we like, what we desire and having space held for us and what that looks like, the process could be a lot more exciting, thrilling and really, really open to expanding. Wow, you are a wealth of knowledge, Jenilee. That is amazing. I'm sure some of our listeners will be taking some of those uh, tips on board. Now, what is your favorite tip when it comes to nutrition? Now, this can just be anything. It's very general. I, I think I'll just reiterate, there, there's food and there's junk. Eat real food. Nutrition actually is really basic, really, really basic. You know, when I'm helping people draw their diets right back to those basics, it's about, okay, whole grain carbs, unrefined quality protein, protein in every meal, good fats, good oils to cook in and lots of fresh herbs and fresh veggies. You know, it's, it's so basic, you know, you can whack up a healthy dinner in 15 to 20 minutes and it doesn't have to be complicated. Jenilee, thank you so much for being here today. Now I understand you offer a range of programs as well that our listeners can benefit from. I do. I do quite a few different things at the moment. <laughs> um, so typically I prefer to see clients on a four-week minimum basis and some of those clients choose to do it over fortnights as well, so eight weeks. And it just gives them the ability to have a coach to check in with to really integrate change and to see results. I don't think that Rome was built in a day. We all know that. So to see a nutritionist one-off sometimes doesn't really um, give you much benefit because you don't have that period of growth and change and um, accountability. So four-week gut reset program. So I work with people with their gut health, which is crucial for overall health. I do a four-week womb wellness program. So again, it's all about the yoni, whether it's menopause, perimenopause, if there's been issues of endometriosis or surgery, PCOS. Um, I really, really, really love working with women who are trying to conceive or have recently conceived and pregnancy has always been one of my favorite things and I'm very passionate about it. I also do eight and 12 week health coaching programs for someone who is on that journey of maybe there's a multitude of reasons why they need health advice. So we, we stick together for that period of time and do lifestyle and dietary changes and also different recommendations between being a yoga teacher. I offer some yoga classes, meditations and 
yeah, just looking at health as a holistic, holistic um, platform. So incredible be something for everybody that's what it sounds like so that's great now you can follow Jenna Lee on social media at Jenna Lee McInnes and you can also jump onto her website for any other information www.jennalee now it's j-e-n-n-a-l-e-a-m-c-i-n-n-e-s.com and I'll be sure to post links to everything for your convenience now it really has been a pleasure learning all about Yoni health and the things that we can do to take care of ourselves and our libidos and overall our nutritional health so thanks again, Jenna Lee, for being here with us today. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Belle. Thanks for joining me today and learning all the things you need to know about nutrition and your body. If you want to learn more about today's topic or have a question you'd like answered, please jump onto my website, thetravellingnutritionistaustralia.com and find the podcast tab. All the references are also available should you wish to dive a little deeper. Remember, it's not the things that you eat and do occasionally that matter. It's the things that you eat and do every day that really count. Until next time, always choose the good stuff because you and your health are worth it.